When your life feels like a legit soap opera as a child of divorce, what do you do about it? That's what we're going to talk about on today's episode of Heart in a Drawer, the podcast for adult children of divorce. I'm Sarah Geringer. I'm your host of this podcast, and I'm an adult child of divorce myself. And unfortunately, I had an unwanted divorce that I tried everything to prevent in early 2022. So now I'm talking from both sides of this awful problem that affects so many families. I wish I could wave a magic wand and take it out of our lives, but I don't think I've ever said this before. I do believe that divorce is sanctioned by the Bible in certain circumstances, including ones I faced, such as addiction, abuse, and infidelity. So you're not meant to stay in a destructive pattern in a relationship. I believe that God can even heal those things, but it always takes two people and only works with God. Unfortunately, that didn't work in my case, and it's been a curse in my family, and I'm still dealing with it decades later as a child of divorce, and then I see the fallout now after my own divorce. Now, before we go into this heavy-hitting topic that I feel is perfect for the holiday season, I want to remind you that this podcast is never intended to be a substitute for professional counseling, which I receive myself but it is intended to be a supplement to that professional help that you receive. So what am I talking about when I talk about your life being a legit soap opera? Something that's kind of funny is my daughter went to visit some relatives this summer and they watch a soap opera on primetime television. She's 15 and she's like, mom, I cannot believe this storyline. And they were all hooked into it. And it was like this woman who got mauled by a bear and died, but then came back to life. So a legit soap opera is going to have just outrageous storylines like that. But maybe your life is like that. My life has been like that. And I've been thinking of stories to tell you that uh, I could really go on for hours and hours about the intensely high drama factors that have gone on in my family for generations. There have been soap opera-like dramas in my family. And I want to tell you, I think some of the sources of that type of drama can be mental illness. So this is just a little sampling of the types of mental illness that affect some people that I know that I have firsthand experience with. We're talking narcissistic personality disorders. We're talking borderline personality disorder. We're talking bipolar issues. And we're talking about things on the schizophrenic spectrum. So when you're dealing with mentally disordered people, you're almost guaranteed to have drama. They can't help it, honestly, because they're not functioning normally in their brains. But growing up in that, you don't necessarily know, especially if there has been no official diagnosis. It's hard to know 
because that's your normal. Even though I think as a child, I knew something wasn't normal, but I didn't understand some of these things fully until I was an adult and understand how much drama comes from mentally disordered people and that they can't help it, yet it has such a dramatic impact on us as maybe people who don't have mental disorders necessarily. And another source of this is addiction. And I've talked widely about how addiction has impacted my life uh, ever since before I was born. And when people are on their, when they're using and when they're binging, they can turn into monster versions of themselves. And that can be really scary and it can be dangerous. And I've been in those situations that were both scary and, and dangerous. I have scenes flashing through my mind that I don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing, but I'm talking about broken glass, I'm talking about physical threats, and throwing furniture, really serious, could be life-threatening even, situations. Not just really crazy, wild, dramatic things like that, physical violence, but the emotional damage from the words they share that they don't even remember saying, honestly, it can hurt you forever, honestly. And not because you haven't forgiven, but just because the barbs that they throw at you when they are using are just so painful. I know exactly how that feels. Another whole source of this out-of-control drama can be emotional immaturity. And one of my most popular episodes, which I will link, talks about emotional maturity levels that Pete Scazzaro lays out in, I think, two or three pages of his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And frequently, I just turn back to those because he talks about an emotional infant and an emotional child, an emotional adolescent, and an emotional adult. And when I look at that, these are for the non-user, non-addicted people. This is for the non-mentally disordered people who also have some emotional immaturity. But I'm saying the people that don't deal with those issues, if you're dealing with someone who's really emotionally immature... That can be really dramatic and frustrating too, because the younger someone is on that scale, the more they're going to take rather than give. And that can be exhausting because you're doing all the giving and they're doing the taking. And then finally, another source of it, and these can all combine together, quite honestly, is spiritual warfare. So there is a pull on us when we want to get healthy if we're in these toxic environments we want to get healthy. The devil doesn't want health coming into these broken family situations. He wants generations of curses and destruction in our family. And so he's going to pull out all the stops when one of us tries to get healthy. So for me, that started in around 2007 when I read the book Boundaries for the first time. And I started setting some boundaries and I got opposition from every single possible angle. And it landed me in therapy. That was the good part of it. That's when I started seeing my counselor and that really started my journey of getting free from all of this drama. And I was reflecting on two stories that I feel like I can share in a private enough way with you just to demonstrate the level of 
pain, honestly, that I've dealt with in regards to the high, high level of drama that I faced. So many years ago, there was a situation when I was being prepared by the police for a SWAT team, head-to-toe tactical gear was coming onto a property because someone had created a situation for a multi-state felony charge was coming to where I was. And so the police was preparing me and some other people that I knew for this uh, SWAT team. And we all had to just act normal. And then the people that were committing the felony were arriving and the SWAT team came out of the woods and descended, like swarmed these people. And then we were taken to a different location. This was before I was 20 years old. When I was reflecting on, okay, when has my life been a legit soap opera? That was definitely probably the most dramatic moment. I was so young, I didn't really fully grasp everything that was going on and how traumatic it was, honestly, that this, you had to get a team of 50 people involved to take down this completely out of control situation. You had to get the authorities involved. It was a must. And that was just an absolute height of drama that I don't think, I don't think anything has surpassed. And (laughs) I was talking about this with my daughter, actually. And I was saying, you know, a story is really dramatic if you can tell it years and years later and it doesn't lose its power. She had a huge drama last year involving her school and you tell that story and people are still, like you see their eyes widen and they're just kind of like, wow, and they don't have any context for it. Well, for me, for my upbringing, that's the SWAT team story. And uh, here's another version, another story. I have a point in telling these two stories. I was at Bush Stadium in St. Louis at a baseball game. One of my favorite things to do, honestly. I've been a St. Louis Cardinals fan my whole life. And uh, the people I was with were getting drunk and really loud. And this is back when anymore you go to a game and a lot of people aren't paying attention. They're on their phones or distracted or whatever. The attention span has gone down and MLB as a whole is kind of suffering because of that, trying to figure out, okay, how do we keep people's attention in kind of a long game with lots of downtime. But this is back in the day where everybody's watching the game, like into it. The people that we were with were getting so out of control that the ushers came over and gave us a stern warning. And you know, you have a whole section of people listening in, of course, to your own stupid drama. And they were like, if you don't quiet down right now, we are going to escort you out of this building. I mean, I need to explain something, okay, about myself. I am an introvert. I despise being the center of attention. I mean, I'll do it if I'm speaking at an event or something, but like, I don't seek attention. In fact, if I'm at a party or something, I kind of hide off to the side. I don't want the focus to be on me. And so for a whole section of people at a Cardinals ball game to be staring at me because I'm with the problem person, is like the height of embarrassment for me, like mortifying. I was thinking about that as another example. And I know 
that I'm not alone in this. I mean, I have said this before in my podcast that last year my counselor told me in his 30 plus years of practice that he's never seen a higher drama case than the one I have in the last two years. That there's just drama unrelenting on all sides. I haven't told any of those stories on here and I'm not going to, but it just doesn't stop. And he said, it's not your fault. You're not generating any of this. You are not the cause of this drama. You're not seeking it. You are not collecting it. It just comes to you. And he said, for you, it's definitely a case of spiritual warfare. And it's also just the toxicity in your family. I heard stories about before I was born, the kind of curses that were spoken over me quite literally when I was in the womb. So I'm telling you, it's like there's this chain of intensely high drama from intensely disordered and immature people that wreak havoc in my life. And when I was thinking about, okay, what stories am I going to tell? I think the reason I picked these two is because where I'm at right now in the cesspool of drama, I would love for a SWAT team to come in and just tie those people up. I saw it happen. They threw them to the ground, yelled at them to get their hands behind their back, handcuffed them, picked them up, and put them in the police car, and then I never saw those creeps again. I would love for that to happen. Love for that to happen. I would love for some higher authority to come over and be like, look, unless you shut your mouth and sit down and quit bothering everybody here, we're going to take you out. And you're going to be escorted out of the building because we don't even trust you enough to walk out here by yourself, we got to make sure that you're leaving. I could think of several people that I would love for that to happen to. Just to bring this into a 2023 context, I would love to sign a couple people up for Elon Musk's charter one-way trip to Mars. See ya! And I know I'm being really sarcastic and cynical right now, but I'm telling you, if you are listening and you are the sane person in a sea of insane people who act with craziness and just revel in the drama and stay Facebook friends with people just to see drama, and they have no business being friends with them. You know what I'm talking about, right? All I want is peace. And I was listening to my own book. Okay. I made an audio version of my book, Christmas Peace for Busy Moms. I will link it in the show notes because you can watch it free on YouTube if you want to. And one of the phrases that stuck out to me was, I can't stop longing for a peaceful Christmas. I wrote that book in 2016 and that's when drama was raging. And some of that has decreased since my divorce has made that possible. I'm distanced from it. It still affects me, but it's not right up in my face anymore. Thank God. But I thought about that before producing this podcast and I'm like, well, no wonder. No wonder I can't stop longing for a peaceful Christmas because I've never had one. I've never had one that's free from drama. I've never had one. Never in my life can I remember a Christmas that was free from drama because all of these people can't live without generating it because they're so steeped in toxicity. I don't want to be that way. No wonder I have been seeking it out 
and feeling like it's just out of my reach, just beyond it. I don't think I've ever done this before on one of my podcasts, but rather than try to give you some band-aid of encouragement right now, I'm going to direct you to a sermon that Dr. Charles Stanley preached, and he passed away recently, but of course he has thousands and thousands of sermons online. I looked one up today. It really, really helped me. I think it might help you too. Now, it's about an hour long, but you can listen to it while you're driving, while you're doing chores, and it's talking about going through the valley, and it's very affirming, and I just feel like I get so much comfort listening to him. He is the pastor who preached a sermon that, after I listened to it, I had a born-again experience when I was 15 years old, so he's very dear to me. Dr. Stanley's had a huge impact on my life. And I always recommend everything that he talks about. And then I'm going to just briefly tell you something else that I'm doing practically to deal with the level of drama that I'm handling. Because quite frankly, I can't go see my counselor every day, but it's almost at that level where I just can't hardly breathe anymore that I would love to just sit in his office every afternoon. Uh, I don't have $10,000 to do that, though. I just asked people that I know to have a Zoom call or a phone call with me every single day and just listen and not offer advice. Just let me pour out my frustrations, just honestly recount some of the drama and just sit there and listen to me and just share my burden with me. And I'm looking forward to this next week when those kinds of meetings start with these people who I can trust to keep it confidential and just help me walk through this really hard season. And I have learned that even though as an introvert, I recharge with time alone in this season, when the fires are blazing all around me, I need Jesus with skin on and that's other people. I need them more really than I've ever needed them before because being alone by myself isn't working like it used to. And so I'm having to humble myself and reach out for help. And maybe if you're the sane person in the sea of insane people and you just can't take it, then you don't need to formally form a team like I'm doing, but you can just reach out to somebody every day. And it doesn't have to be a deep conversation. It doesn't have to be a heavy conversation, but you need Jesus with skin on. I mean, you need your relationship with God too, of course, right? But I'm saying you have to do this with people. You have to do this with the many, 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 many other people who are not soap opera addicts, who are not soap opera wannabes, who are not, as my daughter said, mom, if we gave our script to the producers of Bold and Beautiful, they'd probably be like, you know, this is about what we're looking for, but it's a little over the top. <laughs> that's what she said, okay? Like, if that's what you're dealing with, I get you. I am right there with you. And what I'm saying is, if it's that dramatic, you've got to lean on other people for help. So even if it's just one person that you can call and just, I kind of get some comfort just kind of listening what's going on in their life because it takes my mind off of what's going on in mine. Just knowing that they're going to pray for you, encourage you, and just kind of carry this burden. 
every time I get off of one of those calls with someone, the burden lifts for just a little while. It never goes away, but it lifts for a little while. And that is a manifestation of what the Bible tells us to carry one another's burdens. That's in Galatians. I'll link the verse. I'll even put a blog post that I wrote about that. Link it in the show notes for you. So I am going to close this out with a prayer to comfort us. And it's going to comfort me praying this prayer. So I pray that it will comfort you as well. And I pray that you'll come back and listen to this episode and share it with somebody else. Maybe you're not the only sane person in your family who needs some encouragement. Maybe you need to share it with the other sane person that you know. And even Dr. Cloud says that we need to find our person in the family that can be our ally. That's another way to handle this. And I'm going to close out with this prayer. Jesus, we know that you came to be our Prince of Peace, and we know that you came into a chaotic world, that Herod was murdering boys to try to get rid of you, and that was right when you were born. And so you came into drama, and you faced plenty of drama yourself. The Pharisees wanted you killed, and they were always hunting you and trying to trip you up on your words, and your suffering and death was horrifically dramatic. And so I believe, Jesus, that you empathize with us in these soap opera-like situations that we didn't ask for. We don't want to be a part of, and we just want your peace. We want a safe haven from all the chaos and destruction that these toxic people cause in our lives. And even though we love them, we know that we've got to limit how much they affect us. And I pray for the ones listening right now that you would give them wisdom You would give them wisdom through godly counselors, through professional counselors, and also through pastoral care staff and godly friends, that they would be Jesus with skin on and comfort them when they're not receiving what they need from their families because they're just too disordered, especially at Christmas time. It can be so very hard. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give each of us who's in a situation like this, a safe space with you. Maybe it's in our car. Maybe it's in our bathroom shower. Maybe it's at night before we go to bed, a safe space to connect with you, to pour out our complaints before you and tell you all our troubles and receive the comfort that only you can give because you are infinite. No one can listen to us 24-7, but you can. No one can comfort us 24-7, but you can. We trust that you're going to do that for us, even in these high drama situations. It seemed to never end, but we trust you will make us wise. You will give us your strength to get through them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, again, review this podcast, share it so more people can get the comfort that you're getting from this podcast. And I'll see you next time. (music) 